In lieu of just answering some of the group members' questions that they sent to me via message or via email, I'm going to read the questions to the group here, and then I will answer them uh, as they came in. Uh, some of this applies to New Jersey, but some people may be able to use this for out of state too. see how it applies for your state, um, if it works for you guys as well. So the first one I'm going to read is from a guy, I'm not going to keep everybody anonymous, uh, but I, he'll know if he's watching this that it's him that we're referring to because he wrote it in. It just says, aside from the marijuana odor and other factors leading you to believe that there might be a large amount of narcotics in the vehicle, what else can you check the trunk for? More specifically, if you find a handgun in plain view, does that give you the trunk? I had a car stop earlier this week, uh, I'm sorry, earlier this year with a handgun in the passenger rear seat pocket. Pull him out of the car and locate another on one wedged between the driver and center console, also in plain view. We did smell an odor of marijuana, probably not strong enough that it was emanating from the trunk, but we did a warrantless search of the trunk and recovered another one. I know this is a rare case, and this probably will be extremely hard to come across again, but can you argue that since you found the handgun in plain view, there will be more weapons in the vehicle, including trunk and hood. I've gotten away from the consent since the change, but considering that I didn't ask for it, what do you think? So we would not be having this conversation. This question would be posed if you did ask for consent to search. Uh, guys are really weird with it. They think that William Witt solved every single uh, problem for law enforcement when it came to PC and searching cars. Guys, uh, I have to, I implore you to continue to get consent to search even when you have PC for just these kind of circumstances. Things are getting suppressed. We're not seeing that at appellate division levels or Supreme Court levels because they're getting handled at the Superior Court level before they make it any further. Um, I will tell you that if you read State v. Austin, which is actually the case that Witt refers back to for the for what our uh, guidelines are for searching motor vehicles, that's 1981 Austin, A-L-S-T-O-N. I'll put it in there. Let me write that down and put Austin. Something i got to put in there. I'm going to put all the cases up that really refer to what you can search for uh, in New Jersey in a motor vehicle and the, and the PC in the setting. So you're good on this search, just so you know. The guns will allow you to go into the trunk to look for more guns. When in doubt, call a canine, get a warrant, or get consent. Actually, try to get consent first, then call a canine, and then get a warrant if you can't get through those first two hurdles. So that's it. Don't be afraid to ask for consent to search. You'll find that people will give you consent to search. Right? Like if I pulled over 100 cars... When we were the Pena Flores days, like 99 people gave me consent. Why? I was polite. I was professional. I explained the circumstances, which was legal to do, and explained to them that really to reason with people that it was almost inevitable that I was going to pro progress forward with this, proceed with attempting to get a search warrant on the car. So um, I'll put this stuff up. Guys, take the time to read some of the cases. I'll put some of the verbiage that's important to the case. But uh, that's the first question. I think I had that one answered. If you need more about that, guy who wrote that into me because i don't want to say your name send me a message i'll answer more for you other one came in from via email and he goes uh dennis had something i want to run by you figured it could be a discussion point to bring up if you wanted to in the facebook group so there we go female driver male passenger all right uh headlight out 39 4-81 and license plate lights out stopped and began speaking with two occupants they were essentially ignoring me didn't care why i pulled them over Driver didn't seem to uh, couldn't seem to find her documents. Got an odor of raw marijuana as I was taking as I was talking to the female driver. Now I, I have to know. It's hard for me to answer some of these questions as I, as I look at and read this question. I would have to know more details. But I'm going to give you a, uh, as as good of an answer as I can with the vagueness of this email. So let's see. Pulled the female driver out of the car. She stated the passenger was her boyfriend. And had no idea why the car smelled like weed. 
I asked her if there's anything illegal in the car. She gave me a look and she gave the look back just like in your video. Okay, RAS, good indicator. I began speaking with a passenger and he denied anything illegal in the car. I started searching the car and then smelled raw even stronger. Search the back seat, driver's side, find the box. I open the box and there ends up being a quarter pound of weed along with 350 brand, 58 brand new, not yet, not yet used plastic baggies, like your Apple bags. Front passenger right away claims everything and said nothing belongs to the female driver. I charged her with third-degree distribution over an ounce, fourth-degree possession, 36-2. My question was, could I have charged with the driver with anything? I was thinking maybe a failure to turn over the 40, uh, turnover and 49, I'm sorry, 40-49.1, which is the guys who are not in New Jersey, CDS in a motor vehicle. If you have a similar law in your state, um, that's what we, we charge here. However, I wanted to make sure the weed was his. So my charges for him stick and didn't want to contradict myself by charging her. I only hit her with Title 39 PC summons for the stop and let her go. Although she was driving around with all that weed, I think she deserved the charge. All your videos are great. Helped out a lot. You can post something if you want. Please keep my name and department out of it. You got it. Um, so, one, don't be afraid to use Miranda warnings on a motor vehicle stop. You're allowed to. I will add the case law from that where you're allowed to read Miranda on the side of a road. What I would have done in this circumstance if you wanted to charge her uh, and you think that could be an issue in your case later on, say, well, why didn't you charge the driver? She, you know, just because he said he, it was his. Now we know it's an admissions good as well. So he, he said it, but we also want to try to absolve her from the record of having any knowledge of this. So what I would tell you to do in the future is you come across these circumstances, read Miranda, advise them, see if they understand it. Make sure you're doing it on video and audio. So give them detail or an MVR. Make sure you capture that. Uh, anybody who's not working with a camera, I would, I would keep a digital camera with me just, just for these circumstances. Uh, you know, I, I'm all about video because it shows in court. I really, the video is the best friend I ever had. And I think a lot of guys who do interdiction really appreciate the video as well. We like to have, it's like a comfort factor because we know what we're doing. We know that we're good at it. We want to make sure it's locked up tight. And the, the word of the, of the perp doesn't go against yours, but read Miranda. And I would say to, to the guy like, okay, you understand you're, you've been read Miranda. You wish to speak to me. Yes, I do. Okay. Is this your stuff? Describe it to me. Where did you get it from? What you plan to do with it? All this other stuff, right? Uh, then I would go back to her and say, okay, understand that now we found something in the car. I can't ask you any more uh, incriminating questions at this point until I get, uh, until you understand your Miranda rights. You understand? Yes. Okay. Uh, is this your stuff? No, it's not. It's his. And if, if it jives together and you create a whole, like, you know, obviously a storyline that makes sense, that she really didn't know about the marijuana and he really had all the knowledge about it. And she was just picking them up and their stories jive. You're good. You can absolve her. I've done this plenty of times. We've had, you, know, you find an ounce of weed in a car or you find, I don't know, a, a small quantity of, mar of uh, any kind of drugs. I've had XC pills this happened with. We just want to get, um, you know, everybody to, I don't, I'm not taking four people in on an arrest for four XC pills found in a center console. Now there's also constructive possession, which says you can do that. So I'm going to write that down for constructive possession as well. I will add in the constructive possession case law to this. You can read this in the uh, in the notes on this video. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, I believe you could have charged her. Uh, if we go back to state v. Oh, judge. Judge talks about charging somebody with the odor of marijuana is presence for 39 4-49.1, which is CDS and motor vehicles, saying that it's it satisfies that you could have made the arrest for that as well. So if you felt like that was the case, certainly guilty by association. Um, let's think, let's take a step back and think if you were in that situation and your car smelled like weed, you would obviously know that there was a crime happening inside your car. I think that answers the questions. Hopefully it's a good video for you guys.
to uh, to work with. And if you have questions, I don't have to put your name out here, but your questions are the same questions other people have. Email us, streetcoptraining at gmail.com um, or send me a message here on Facebook. I'll get to it. If I don't get to it immediately, I usually get to it within an hour. So if you guys need anything from me, you have any questions, you think that that's from out of state or watching these videos, you think that the training, and if you guys are part of this group, you'll see the training that we do is valuable and you want me to come to you. We are now setting things up, going to South Dakota in November. So the South Dakota guys who are watching, I will see you in November, November 1st and 2nd. And we're talking to two different, uh, a couple different states right now trying to get some stuff in the works. So with that being said, have a good night or day.